I see. I see. You've got the uh, the very traditional uh, haircut that people have when it get when it gets warm. To, you know, because of the the, the heat. Uh, you obviously don't want to have a lot of hair on your head uh, when it's when it's hot and like that as much as possible. So I see you've yeah you've uh, you've got that traditional uh, traditional haircut that we have during summer to uh, reduce uh, heat around that sort of thing. Yes, yeah, it's um, you know I I already have uh, less hair than I than I used to uh and uh, up top there so you know i with the heat and everything else I, you know what time for uh just time for a little bit of a cut there so it's uh it's all part of it man it's all good what do we say in australia oh, you've had a run in with a lawnmower i think that used to be the phrase we used to <laughs> sounds about right particularly when we were at school we used to say that oh so you've had a run in with a lawnmower um yeah, so, all right, we, interesting topic today, and it, and it centres around the technology of sports coaching uh, and how important this particular aspect of what we do is. Um, I guess the, the point to start with here is how important is technology in what we do as sports coaches? How important a role? How important role does it play? How important is it? Yeah, you know what? Really interesting subject. I um, I know that myself. I've I've seen a, an evolution over the years in my use of technology in different ways, and I kind of try to think in in different pockets uh, in terms of having different pockets of activity where you know you might want to try and leverage uh, either new technology or existing technology that you're adapting for a new purpose or something within what what it is that you do. I think the answer to the how important it is, you know, is it question really depends on on the coach and their comfort level with using uh, different aids, different, uh, you know, technological tools, aids to help them in what they're doing. Um, it also depends on the, you know, the age of, of the athletes and the level of the athletes. You know, I think technology itself is such a broad and wide term that, you know, we could be talking about almost anything um, and not necessarily needing, you know, a GPS monitor or, you know, being able to monitor the heart rates of your athletes during training. You know, you, you don't need to do that if you're coaching a 14 and under uh, team at, at your local club. Okay. Um, but you do, however, probably you maybe you use a coaching board or maybe you videotape your practice or your games or, these are also examples of technology. So the importance of it is really going to vary uh, very, very broadly. Some coaches might find it quite unimportant, um, but very useful in some areas, uh, while other coaches in other situations just integrate it into the fabric of their program. Um, there really is quite a bit of variety, I think, around, around this subject. It's interesting you talk about it at different levels. Um... I, I have junior coaches often ask me, um, I coach young kids, how, how important is um, using video and the technology around that? Um, I guess the question here is, is it, it, are there any levels of coaching where technology really probably serves absolutely no purpose or can it be used at all levels in some way? 
You know, I, I think there are some aspects of adding a technological tool. Okay, so let, 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 maybe let's take a minute to define that. Like, what are we talking about when we when we refer to technology? To me, I think of when I think of technology and coaching, I think of anything that we use that is not of our own cells. Okay, something that is not my voice, my hands, my my you know my person uh, doing something. So that's quite broad. Like, don't forget, you know. The invention of the pen was really like a technological advancement there, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, we're, we're not talking about needing, you know, virtual reality training, uh, things like that. Like, so I, the use of technology itself, it could be anything that is not of yourself, of your own person. So, for example, I think there are some things that you would use at just about any level. You would use a coaching board. You would use a magnetic board. You might use a whiteboard. Um, you probably videotape your games. Uh, video is a fantastic learning aid for athletes at every level, in particular now, you know, the new, the younger generations that grow up surrounded by video, um, you know, in everything that they do uh, at school and with their friends and er they, they communicate on video. Um, try, try asking a, an eight or nine year old to, to dial a phone. Like they're, they want to talk to the camera, mm -hmm. right. Um, and they don't understand putting it to the ears. So, you know, there, there, there's a whole range of different technological aids and technological tools that you could utilize. And I think there probably is a use at every level for something within that broad, uh, definition how advanced the technology and how complicated its use or how complicated um, you know the digestion of the information that is provided to you that really is very age and level dependent um, it's all well and good i'll go back to the gps and the heart rate and, and all these things it's all well and good to have to know how many kilometers um, you know your athletes are running in a training session um, it's a whole other thing to know what to do with that information. It's a whole other thing to, to be able to accurately, you know, calculate the cumulative load on their bodies and to understand the weak stressor points and to, to know maybe they're leading towards an injury and they're into the red zone and you got to dial it back. And, you know, having tech for the sake of having tech is just as bad as having no tech. Um, so, you know, there really is, I think, again, quite a bit of variety in there. However, I would say with some confidence, I think that you can use something at almost every level. It's interesting you talk about there, you talk about video, because I often say to coaches that it, it, it's a valuable tool, um, because it doesn't lie, um, as we know. And, and yeah, and it, and it will often, you will get a player, and I'm sure you've had them, with, that will say to you until they're blue in the face that they don't do something. You put them on video and show them and then suddenly they see it. So, you know, looking at just, before we move on, we look at other things, but looking at video, how, you know, how crucial is video in actually helping with identifying um and, and helping to adjust technique. 
in players in sport? You know, I would say that it's vitally important and I would say it's equally vitally important to the coaches as it is to the athletes. Um, because coaches will also insist until they're blue in the face that a particular tactic or strategy is working um, or that a player that they might rate highly uh, is doing certain things that they might not be. And conversely, that players that they might rate very low uh, are not doing certain things. But on video, you get to capture their full impact. Um, and so I, I think the, the importance of good video um, is vital. Uh, it's very high uh, for both coaches, coach development, coach adjustment, as well as player development, player adjustment. Um, in terms of developing technique uh, and, you know, helping athletes make better decisions uh, as they're in competition, video has such a powerful impact um, because we are all um, like, we, we just don't see ourselves in that way. Obviously we, we see our, we don't see ourselves other, unless we look in a mirror. Right. Um, and the video is the mirror. The, the video displays to us exactly what we are doing and not what we think we're doing. And that can be super, super helpful um, to help a player understand, you know, the difference between, you know, say pivoting or opening up a particular way versus another way. And now you see how you're on your heels and you see how you're closing the court, right? On a basketball court, if you do it, if you do a certain thing a certain way, very helpful because they get the full picture. Um, and it's, it's much like being in the audience and watching a stage play as opposed to being the actor on the stage without the full view of everything that's happening up there. So, you know, any way that coaches can, um, and frankly, this is one of the areas that technology has made really the, the greatest difference in the last number of years and the greatest advances in terms of economies of scale to make this tech accessible um, to not universally accessible, but pretty close uh, to be able to, you know, record good quality video. You no longer do you need a, you know, an expensive camera with a tripod and or a, a setup on, on the ceiling or in the grandstand or, I mean, we walk around with 1080p video cameras in our pockets. Uh, and, you know, we, we, you know, a simple little stick and we can walk around and take great video um, we, we don't need sort of the, the high, highest possible end. If you have a smartphone, you have a video camera that you can use at practice. You also have the ability to communicate that video with your athletes in different ways. Um, so on, on a broad scale, video is, if coaches are not somehow including video in their learning and teaching, um, then they're, you're probably doing it uh, wrong for 2021. 
Um, and I, I encourage everybody to, to find ways to, to just integrate that tool, uh, that piece of tech into what it is that you do with your teams. Yeah, we talk about the technology and, and I think one thing it's always important to remember is that, um, you know, it's not the, the be all and end all in, in, in coaching. How important is it to, as a coach to understand that the technology has its place, but it can't replace actual hands-on physical coaching? I personally, I think it's super important that we don't forget that, but not every coach out there is going to agree with that. A lot, a lot of coaches are going to want to uh, diminish their involvement for various reasons and increase the involvement of the technology and allow the tech to do the coaching, allow the tech to do the teaching. Um, you know, let's just show them some clips and they'll figure it out. I, I've actually like I've, I've had these conversations before. That's fool's gold. It's just like anything else. Um, you know, you you still are the, the driver of the bus as the coach and you are still the, the person with whom the athlete must build a relationship and a connection so that they are able to uh, experience the level of trust and confidence so that they can learn and they can adapt, you know, we have not reached the, you know, the singularity. Uh, there's no AI out there figuring out what to do uh, for our teams uh, of anything of that nature. There can be great help and, and the technology can assist us. The statistical programs can, assist, can assist us. Um, you know, the video can give us resources and data, but without the ability to interpret that data and to utilize those resources, you know, too much is just as, is, is the same as not enough, uh, you know, when it comes to this, to this aspect. So I, I, I definitely don't recommend to coaches that they look to, to uh, reduce what they do at the, you know, at the, in order to increase, um, tech time, the ability for the athlete to watch video, you, you want to incorporate, you have to drop somewhere. Let me, let me put it this way. If you have a 15 minute meeting, you can spend 15 minutes talking. You can spend 15 minutes watching video and not saying a word or some combination of the two. So what the total video time and what the total talk time is, there's a ratio in there somewhere for people that they need to figure out for their teams and themselves, but it's not, I'm just going to talk for, you know, a combined 90 seconds and let them just watch the video. And nor can it be, I'm going to talk for 13 minutes and 30 seconds and give them 90 seconds of video. That doesn't work either. So coaches need to, not just think about how much time they're allocating to certain things in a meeting, say, but what the combined time is. If you watch three clips and it takes you 20 minutes to get through three clips, you're probably talking too much. Mm. But if you watch 50 clips in 15 minutes, you're probably not talking enough. Mm. So 
there's a balance in there somewhere that people need to figure out. Yeah, we talk about the 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 benefits. We often talk about the benefits that technology has to help with sports coaching. But what are some of the some of the dangers with it? Some of the pitfalls that are with it that that coaches need to be aware of. That it, you know, they need to be aware of that it it, it does have its limitations, and they need to be aware of these pitfalls in using it. Yeah, you know what? I think that confirmation bias is a major problem when it comes to coaching and technology. And what I mean by that is that we we all enter into a, a situation or an analysis or something that we are evaluating with some type of preconceived notion of what the outcome is going to be. We have and we look for ways to confirm what we believe. So un unanalyzed and like uncritically analyzed video is more likely to serve confirmation bias than provide you with useful information. Because when we are looking at the video, we are going to see what we want to see that will confirm what it is that we think. Unless we adopt a critical analysis mindset and approach to it and we put this process into place so that's a, a that's a real danger it's one thing to send for example four 15 second clips from practice to your team or to an athlete without any sort of critical analysis on your part any cues that you are trying to nudge them with towards their own eyes and brain coming to the conclusion or coming to a set of conclusions or to see certain variables that you're trying to help them see, see a different option, right? If you just send them the clips, they're going to see what they see. And they're, they're only going to see what it is that they already know. That's where coaching has to come in. We need to provide some context. We need to provide some information, some nudging, some cues. Watch this clip. Watch how X, Y, Z happens. Watch how they are one step ahead of the action because they, they were able to make this read. And that read is what you are struggling with at the moment. Here is an example of what can happen when that read is made. So the confirmation bias is a major drawback. I think another drawback is the over-reliance upon it, um, which we've already talked about. Another drawback is it's, um, it's fast food, right? Like it's, it's the fast food of, of, uh, of coaching. Like it might, it might make you feel, uh, kind of like, it's got all the right things, you know, like it's got all the grease and the salt and the fat and everything that, you know, you eat some fast food and you're like, oh, that, you know, that tastes good. And then you feel terrible uh, because it's actually not good for you. And video can be that. It can turn into the fast food where a coach could become satisfied with their own actions and be like, hey, that's great. We cut up some film. We sent it out. Job's done right? Great. I feel good. I've done that stuff. And then a couple hours later, you're going to start to realize 
that the job is not done and that it's actually not good for you and your team to do it that way because you need to follow up with the conversations. You need to, you know, make sure that you are connecting with the athlete that you might have uh, called up in a video session and, and shown in front of everyone how they did something, you know, with a lack of effort or, or whatnot. Like it, it's not just, Hey, I'm done now fast food. There you go. I feel good in the moment. Look at how good of a coach I am. I've sent out all this video. Video is nothing without the coaching, just like the data is nothing. Just like these things are, are, are meant to be merged in some way that makes your team better. Right. Um, and so those are some of the pitfalls in my opinion. It's usually, we talk about that. It, I, I remember once uh, watching um, by chance, I was, I was at ho- I was at a hockey turf and I was watching a coach. He, he addressed the girls in his pregame talk. He had the, he had all the technology there, there. He had the, the game, the previous week's game up on the big screen he was showing them and breaking it down. And then he started to show them what he wanted them to do in the next, in the game that they were about to play in just over half an hour's time. Um, and he, and he did, went through all of this stuff. And then what you notice when they went out on the turf is that they were completely confused. and didn't know what they were, didn't know how to execute or what was going on. At what point in the coaching cycle is the technology no longer of any use? to a coach at what point should that the technology be i thought his problem was that he he had too much going on in his pre-game talk at what point is is integrating technology no longer of any value uh, in your in your preparation yeah good question that's an interesting scenario i would i would my first question that i'm i'm thinking to myself is you know was that the first time that he was talking to them about all that information um, and you know, is that something that, you know, what is their level? What is their experience? What is their, you know, game sense? How can they incorporate that information? If it's like drinking from a water hose, then they're more likely to drown than they are to, to hydrate. Um, so, you know, the, the information piece, just whether it's on screen or verbal or on paper, the pregame information piece is, that sounds more like something that, you know, we all struggle with um, and it's something that we all need to, to make serious efforts at, at understanding what our team needs from us. Um, And I don't know if there's ever a point where there is no value um, because even if you're in a pregame and you're, you know, 45 minutes away from tip off or whatnot, and you're in the locker room and there's just video playing, Um, and you know, it's very common, for example, for assistant coaches to sit down and have one-on-one little video on the sideline, uh, or in the locker room, you know, an hour before the game or half hour before the game, just a couple little touch points. And, you know, I, I, yeah, I don't know if there's a point where it gets, gets to the zero value. Um, you know, otherwise, other than like leading right up to tip off, I guess that's very, it's just impractical you know, or kickoff or, or the start of the match. Um, but otherwise it's really a, a think of technology, think of video as a data stream. It's a data stream. It's information. Okay. So if, if your data stream is like eight lanes wide, 
and you are funneling all this information right towards your athletes when for the first time or like it's new information and they're being now they're 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 trying to prepare for competition just physiologically mentally emotionally at the same time as they're being asked to incorporate all this new information and things like that. If, if you are coaching at a level where you have access to these types of resources, you're probably not coaching at a level where you do not have any training sessions with your teams and you just show up and play hmm. pickup, right? Which to me means you probably need to rethink your, the organization of your week and the preparation cycle that you go through in terms of how you get ready for, for competition. If that is the way, and that's just without knowing anything else about that, that environment specifically. But coaches need to understand, again, like it's information. How much information are you streaming towards the athletes? Less is often more, especially the closer you get to competition. It should become about reinforcement and not introduction when you get to competition in the run-up to it. Um, and if you don't get to introduce some things that you wanted to introduce, that's on you. That's a coach problem. Mm. You needed to understand what you could do and what you couldn't do and what was more important, what was less important. And then you just plan accordingly. Don't, don't try to cram something in at the last minute because this is so important. If it was so important, you should have done it first. So if, if we can conceptualize of the technology and the video or the, the statistics and so forth, it's, it's information. And if we are sending too much information to the receiver at the wrong time, it's going to overload. It's not going to be, have any effect. In fact, it's going to have any positive effect. It's going to have a negative effect uh, more, more often than not. So, yeah, I don't know about the zero value per se, um, but there is no doubt that there needs to be a cycle that is um, sequential and progressive that at some stage turns into reinforcement and reminder um, rather than introduction and teaching um, in that regard. One of the things that I always find interesting is coaches say to me, they have the technology, they have video, they, they do statistics, they do all of this. And I always tell coaches that you need to go behind a result. You need to actually look deeper than just the score line to know what's really actually gone on in the game. And, and often I hear coaches say, oh, but I've got all this and I do all this and it's still not telling me what I want to know. Uh, how important is it for coaches to remember that it's the tool you've still actually got to input into it what you want to get from it if if you're not getting what you want to know you're asking the wrong questions mm. you got to know what the problem is first before you can try to solve it um, and then once you can identify the puzzle or the problem you need to figure out what the right tool is that you need to use in order to get the information that you need in order to solve the problem it's no different than having you know a, a loose screw and trying to use a hammer to fix the problem or a spanner 
Like you need a screwdriver for a loose screw. Uh, you, you need to start there. Identify what the puzzle is you're trying to solve, what the information is that you are lacking in order to be able to solve the puzzle, and then figure out how to get that information that you need. Um, so it really starts with understanding very clearly what question you are asking and what puzzle you are trying to solve. It's interesting to talk about that because I, I often, you know, as I say, say to coaches, go behind the result, look behind what it is, understand if you use a terror, you know, look deep down as to what's going on. Um, you know, with technology, how important is it for coaches to be creative with it, to look at ways in which they can use it that is that, that benefits them, benefits their players, but also is creative enough to get out of it what, you know, maybe an edge, something different that they probably didn't see? Yeah, you know, I think any time that coaches can innovate, um, I think that's a good thing. Uh, even if that innovation doesn't end up being, you know, or yielding the results that you had hoped for, innovation, I think, is 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 a is just a critical component of the process here. Um, you innovate and you iterate. So when your innovation fails, you iterate to the next innovation, and you sort of see, all right, what can I take away from this and um, you know, I tried this, I tried something new, I tried that didn't work with this other aspect of it. All right, let's carry that on and let's try and change something else on the other on the other end. I, I think innovation is just super important, you know. So I always keep coming back to that. Coaches need to try something new, and by doing that, they're innovating. They're innovating. And you know, do what you think, uh, not only what you know. You got to live in that I think zone. What I mean by that is this. If you think that there's something that you can learn from using video in a particular way, but you've never done it, so you don't know, you need to live in that I think zone and give it a shot. Go see what happens. Um, make sure your sample size is sufficient enough to know, like relatively with some confidence, whether it's working or not, don't just abandon it and don't just run into it, you know, willy nilly, you need a plan and you need to make sure that you're doing it for good reasons that you can justify, um, taking the resources and the time and dedicating it towards something that is going to be new and innovative, but do it. If you can do those things, do it, try it, live in that. I think zone, because frankly, it's when coaches follow their instincts that are honed over time, right? Like the more experience you have, the more finely uh, tuned your instincts in your gut. And, you know, you, you read situations and you read people and you you just become more you know, better able to, to make accurate, I thinks, um, then go ahead, man. You know, like you gotta, you gotta try these things. You have to try something new. You have to innovate. You have to iterate. Um, same thing with, you know, integrating 
some piece of technology into your training or into your game. Um, we see a lot in American football because of how the, the sport is so stop, start, stop, start. You know, you could be off the field if you're the offense or the defense for like nine minutes, eight minutes that's of game time, let alone, you know, commercials and, and uh, timeouts and all these sorts of things. Um, so you see a lot of technology being used in game. Uh, in that sport is your sport something that could lend itself to that do you have unlimited substitutions do you have the do you have a video capture service that makes it available to you on a tablet that you can show an athlete on the sideline do you have an athlete that can take that information in and process it I don't know but if you get enough yeses to those questions man give it give it a go give it a go um, and, and see how you can change how you use technology, how you can put the tools to different uses, uh, or get different information. And, you know, it's, I'll, I'll, I'll finish on this. Like it's often like, you know, digging for gold, right? Like the gold rush, everybody and their brother was in the mountains, in the rocks, you know, chipping away, chipping away, chipping away. And, and honestly, there was no real way to know when you were going to come upon a nugget, a gold that could change your life. Um, and it's kind of the same thing. You, you never know, but you're never going to find out if you don't try and innovate uh, in this regard. Um, one of the things that I often, often feel it's important to remember and to remind coaches of is with the use of the of technology is is you know sometimes you need uh, sometimes you need other eyes looking at it looking at it uh, how important is it to to have I've actually done some analysis for coaches and actually been sitting there doing how important is it particularly say in tournament play etc to to have someone else looking at what's going on before it gets to you uh, so uh, I guess a fresh set of eyes um, to yep. make sure that you're not missing critical things in in what is in front of you. Yep. The, I mean, really important. Th think of all of this like a net, right? Nets are inherently porous, right? That's what makes it a net and not a wall. Uh, so, you know, the more people, the more eyes that you could trust or that you can um, get involved in that process, the tighter the net is, the less likely that something is going to slip through, for lack of a better term. Um, and, you know, I enjoy doing that. Uh, and, and I I mean, I work with, with clubs around the world uh, and teams around the world. I watch practice film. I watch game film. The problem with all of that, I mean, that's all well and good, but the problem with doing something like this is there needs to be a set of shared understandings um, prior to. And so what I mean by that is um, you, somebody might be well-meaning and you might have the chance to have someone be involved in that regard with you. But if there is not a set of shared understandings about your style of play or what matters to you or what you've been doing with your team and, you know, what their understanding is, a lot of the feedback that you're going to get from that process is going to be kind of redundant. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and it's not necessarily going to be, you know, helpful or useful at that time. It might have been helpful or useful eight months prior uh, when you were working through some of these things. So the set of shared understandings is super important. Um, I think it's helpful to have another set of eyes. It tightens the net. It, you know, especially if it's a set of eyes that's going to speak truth to power, uh, so to speak, in terms of letting the head coach know, like, you're doing something stupid um, when you're when, when you're doing these, you know, these sorts of things and, and not sometimes your assistants on staff don't want to do that. Um, you know, hopefully they will, but but that's not always the case. So having, you know, other people that are outside of the group that might be remote that might not even be there um, is it can be helpful, but it's got to be the right person. It's got to be the right situation. It's got to be the right, um, you know, you have to share the right set of, 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 um, of understandings uh, so that the information is actually helpful. You know, I, I can watch film all day of a team and I worked with some teams in Western Australia. I can watch film all day and I could be like, hey, like on the pin down, you know, we got to get, you know, tighter on this. They know that, right? They, they already know that. I'm not helping them. Yeah. Um, what I can do, however, is, is given the shared understandings that I already know about how they teach what they teach, I can maybe help them improve how they teach what they teach. And there are other ways that I can provide some some feedback, but I need to know what they know and what, what is being shared with their team so that I'm not just speaking out of, out of the blue. Um, right. So yeah, helpful, but has to be the right situation. We're coming towards the end of this, this particular topic. It's, it's, it, 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 it's, it's an interesting topic to talk about and there, there's different elements to it. How important is it for, you know, a coach to consider the idea that maybe they, from time to time, turn the technology, particularly the video, on to them so that they can actually see, perhaps do some critical analysis of how they're actually coaching, use technology to critically analyse analyze their coaching technique and look to improve. You know what, Jerome, you hit on something that is really important to me. I'm glad, I'm glad that we're talking about it. Um, I've, I've gone out of my way over the years when I have the resources. Um, and I know it's not everybody that can do that. But when I've had the resources, I four practices a year and four games a year, my staff have a, a camera on me. So typically two practices, like the way our years are usually in North America, it's like pre-Christmas and post-Christmas. Um, so two in, in the fall, and then two in the winter. And I never know when they are. I never know when they are. Um, so I'm not, you know, the idea is to catch me in, in the act, right? Um, and so, you know, four practices and four games and the with some camera set up somewhere, that's on me. And with GoPros, I mean, honestly, put it to the wall and have it on the bench, like, you know, or put it on the grandstand and have it towards the, the like, it's so easy now. Um, I've also been mic'd up 
uh, in the past uh, through various like uh, you know Canada basketball things. We were we were mac uh, mic'd up and being recorded, and I still have those recordings. And you know, I it, it's very very helpful um, because that's video on us. Like I said at the very very beginning, right? Like as helpful as it might be for the athlete to know, you know, this and that, et cetera, do some things here and there. It's equally important for us uh, to know, like, what's my body language like? How am I interacting? Am I hitting everybody on, on, on the bench? How am I coaching people on the fly? Um, you know, how am I working with my assistants? You know, like all of these different aspects that go into good game coaching, good, good training, uh, coaching, you need the mirror and that's the video. Um, and you know, what I've also done is I've, I've shared those videos um, with my teams and, and they've, you know, I've, I've, I've often found that it has enhanced, enhanced the uh, understanding that we have, um, you know, between players and coaches because they get to sort of experience what a coach experiences um, in a different way, right? Because they're, they're, they don't pay attention to us in like when they're have other things to do, right? Like it's, so I found that that's been very helpful as well. Um, I Find a way coaches to, to, to do this, whatever that looks like once a year, uh, you know, if you have a, a coaching director or somebody in your club, you know, ask them about what their coach improvement strategy is and how they're going to support you in improving your coaching and having a video analysis of yourself and an audio analysis of yourself um, it should be a big part of that. Okay. In summing up, a couple of quick, quick ones to finish off with. Uh, how important is it for coaches not to fear the technology, not to fear uh, the use of it? I think the, you fear what you don't know, right? It's the fear of the unknown. So if you, if you use it and try it, you know, it's, you're, you're likely to, to become okay with it. Um, some aspect of it and some aspect of some technology. Okay. Uh, and, you know, I, I think the fear is just in general, but here as well, I think it applies like fear is often rooted in a lack of self-confidence. Um, so if coaches are afraid of introducing technology because fill in the blank, is it because you think it diminishes you? Uh, do you think it diminishes your stature or your ability to communicate? Um, I, I, you know, that's a, that's a scarcity mindset and you need to operate from a mindset of plenty. And I would be flipping that around and, and trying to, to really understand exactly how I can leverage the technology to enhance my impact uh, for my, for my athletes. And, you know, fear um, is just an opportunity for courage. And so, you know, step right up to the plate there, coaches, and um, try, try it. Try something new. 
you know, we, we've talked about like performance uh, technology, but there's also this whole other area of, of pretty wide scale now um, technology that is used for team management, team organization, team communication. I mean, I would be shocked if almost every team above 14, maybe not 13s or 12s or 10s, but um, if you don't have a group chat somewhere um, on some platform, whether it's iMessage or WhatsApp or Instagram or you name it, you're, you're connect, that's technology, man. Like that right there, you're integrating technology into your program. There are all these uh, team program, club, management software programs and platforms um, that are out there. You know, I've, I've used one called XPS Sideline Sports uh, for a long time out of Iceland. And, you know, they have a sort of an integrated model there with video analysis and, you know, documents and, and calendars and, you know, all whatever you might need to kind of operate your program. And you get everybody into one place and you have shared information. That's technology. That's technology. What you used to need a bulletin board for, right? Put up a notice on the bulletin board so that the, your students could see that on their way through the hallway or when they come to the club, the athletes could see it on the bulletin board. I mean, now you send a text message and or a video message or all these other things. So, hey, bottom line, Fear is another, it's just an opportunity for courage. Fear is an opportunity for courage. So don't be afraid. Don't fear the unknown. Um, give it a shot. In summing up, what's the key takeaway you want coaches to think about when it comes to this particular topic, this particular area? I think three key takeaways for coaches. The first is technology is a tool and not a replacement. Uh, it cannot replace you. You should not think it's going to replace you either from a perspective of fear, a fearful angle, nor from a, oh, great, I get to do less angle. Um, technology is not going to replace you. It cannot replace you. You need to lead your group. It is a tool. It is a, a medium uh, of communication. It is a, a learning tool. It is a teaching aid. That is what technology is. It helps you make better decisions. It helps the athletes make better decisions. It helps keep everybody on the same page, but it, it cannot replace you. Second thing is um, you, we need to be really, really conscious of how much versus how little. I, I almost... Oh maybe that's enough, right? Like maybe, maybe that's enough. Whatever minimal level that you might be using with your team, maybe that's enough. Um, but almost everybody is using something, okay? Um, you gotta judge how much, how little. Just keep in mind, less is often more. Don't bite off more than you can chew. Make sure you know what you're doing. Make sure you know why you're doing it and what it is that you're going to do with the information that you get from it, okay? That's the second thing. And the third thing is, like I said earlier, you got to learn how to innovate, how to iterate, and how to live in the I think zone. 
be comfortable in that I think zone, be comfortable trying something new, be comfortable failing, saying, hey, you know, we're going to try using this for a little bit, see how it goes. Doesn't work. Hey, that didn't work. Didn't get good feedback from you. We didn't, we didn't have good feedback. We're not going to beat a dead horse. We're going to move on. Yeah. Well, that's iteration, right? And so, you know, get comfortable in that I think zone, get comfortable innovating um, and be okay with failure because failure is just an opportunity to iterate. So, um, you know, those are, those are the three things that I would, I would want to leave coaches with. Well, thank you again, Dave, for another uh, fantastically thought out topic and it and it it can be this particular topic can be a rather dry thing at times because you know it's, it's not something that we you know but but it, it's still hugely important to coaches today i do apologize briefly to our viewers there if we you if you missed a section of what we were saying just at the end uh i think that the, the technology decided it was going to freeze for a momentary moment that happened see that's what that's technology, isn't it? it? It's not foolproof. It can, it can, uh, it can uh, not work for you when you need it to work. So, and that's another important thing coaches need to remember that it's it's it does have its uh, it does have its pitfalls and it does have its limitations as to what it can actually do. Um, so, you know, just yeah. Anyway, thank you again, David. Thank you for being a part of the show. Thank you everyone for watching, and we we'll look forward to catching you all again next week. Sounds good, Jerome. Thanks again for the conversation and hope everyone has a great week out there. Thank you.